Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of SpoilerCast. And on today's episode, we make our way to the late 13th century. The Mongol Empire has laid waste to entire nations along their campaign to conquer the East. Tsushima Island is all that stands between mainland Japan and a massive Mongol invasion fleet led by the ruthless and cunning general Khotun Khan. As the island burns in the wake of the forest uh, of the first wave of the Mongol assault, samurai warrior Jin Sakai stands as one of the last surviving members of his clan. He's resolved to do whatever it takes at any cost to protect his people and reclaim his home. He must set aside the traditions that have shaped him as a warrior to forge a new path, the path of the ghost, and wage an unconventional war for the freedom of Tsushima. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White, and you can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me on this episode of SpoilerCast, my two travelling Ronin. We are talking about none other than the man that can be found at Jono himself, another that can be found at the Spawny 13. We're talking about Jono Peck and Benny McJanet. How you guys doing today, my fellow Ronin mates? Feeling very at one with, uh, with, the, with nature and everything after that. I am also feeling pretty zen at the moment. Truth mm. be told, I didn't really think much about how we were going to start this thing off, so I'm sort of just off the cuff here, just feeling it out. Found a track that is called The Way of the Ghost. I thought it fits in perfectly with what we're doing here today, talking some Ghost well, of Tsushima. The soundtrack is freaking amazing. I mean, yeah. you chose one of the more quieter, slowly building intro tracks, but... <laughs> I, was, I was just listening to it, and you started talking. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Our first podcast yeah. from uh, from a hot spa, so mm. feels good. Nice Feeling relaxing. very very zen at the moment. The bubbles, what, uh, you know, opening you up the pores on? in our skin. Yeah, I'm reflecting on my platinum trophy. <laughs> I found it a bit weird though. You hop in that hot spring, and it's like think about your father, and it's like it's kind of weird. I, you know, I love my dad. But I want to think about him while I'm in a spa. <laughs> well, I like that the first one I did. I don't know if it was the first one you guys came across, but it was in the. Um, I think it's is it Kyoshi. No, Hiyoshi, where Hiyoshi? you first meet Ishikawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sensei, yeah, the sensei. And yeah, that was the first one. Like the ladies go, oh, come into... So you just strip off buck naked in front, in front of, of her of and everyone lady, else. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I see where this is going. All right, nice, nice. No yeah, modesty. and old Jin Sakai. He's got quite the, uh, quite the derriere. Oh, you know, good on him. Hand, that samurai life looks mm. after him. Yeah, he's a good looking fella. So uh, yeah, we're here. We're going to be talking about... Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, the latest juggernaut from Sucker Punch Productions, Sony Entertainment, or PlayStation 4. I'm assuming eventually PlayStation 5 exclusive as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, 83 on the Metacritic. And uh, the game sold through more than 2.4 million units in its first three days of sales, making it PlayStation 4's fastest-selling first-party original IP debut. And on the back of that, it also broke the Japanese sales record for best-selling PlayStation 4 exclusive in its first week, which was previously held by The Last of Us Part 2. So this game has got a lot of people hungry, a lot of people uh, horny for that samurai <laughs> life. Uh, global stock shortages of this game, you can't even find it in Japan at the yeah. moment. Mm. It's you know, scarcer than a shrine, this game. But uh, we're here, we're, we're going to be talking spoiler free for the first section of this podcast and we're going to go full spoilers we're talking you know full full mainline story deep dive how the game plays out pros cons and everything in between but maybe we could kick this off with our general thoughts and i might toss it over to you first benny if you like what was 
what was your overall experience like with the game? Bring us bring us into your world of Tsushima and your experience with Jin Sakai. I, I absolutely fell in love with this game. This is I'll, I'll put it this way. This is the first game I've actually bought since last year. Like paid money okay. for. That's not like, and I'm excluding like Game Pass subscriptions, PS Plus, all that sort of stuff. So this is like the first game I actually went and spent money on in the first in the last at least 12 months so can i ask with with that like is it leading up to the release of this game you were just in from the jump no, or you saw some no, reviews no. and went, it was I want the this? last uh i think it was the state of play that they did where they actually showed like the 25 minutes i was like okay now i'm actually interested in this game because the combat didn't actually all that really interest me but i was kind of curious as to what the story was because the whole samurai setting sounded very intriguing to me i love japanese culture mm-hmm. i love all that sort of um far east sort of cinema and things like that so kung fu movies samurai movies mm. all these sorts of things i think they're fantastic so i was always interested in the in the in the product it was more along the lines of i don't know how good the gameplay is going to transmit like because the early trailers we got didn't sell me at all but then i was like okay now i'm actually pretty interested in this um there hadn't actually been any real games that are great interest to me recently so I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll definitely check this out. And as it was getting closer and closer, and I was hearing more and more good things. So I was like, I'm actually really keen to play this. So yeah, forked out the money and jumped onto it. And after that, you know, 20, 25 hours, yeah. roughly, I'm guessing, of playtime, you're not regretting that decision? Oh, you're hell still no. feeling hell pretty no. good? This is, I think this is the perf- perfect game that I think came out at the perfect time, especially for me. I don't know about for you guys. And I'm gonna, I, I want to ask you that question too, because you guys both played Last of Us. But... For me, it was just an absolute palate cleanser of a game. Um, mm. Like prior to this, I've been playing Mortal Kombat because the uh, big expansion DLC came out at the end of May for that. Uh, prior to that, was Resident Evil Three for me. Other than that, uh, gears, little bits of Gears Tactics, some Dungeons and Dragons, and things like that el- elsewhere. But like this, just felt like a palate cleanser of a video game, and felt like playing a video game again. Where it, it just took me back to some of the, something in my youth, where I was like oh, this doesn't have to be overly complex systems. I don't have to get off my horse to pick bamboo. I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it had some really game, video game style mechanics to it, but, and, you know, you can see them as flaws as well to the game, but it's it's all stuff I could look past and I just loved. And it just, it just made me feel like I was enjoying a video game again for the first time in a very long time. Well, I might, I might toss that over to Jono. Like he... He uh, did the little humble brag there and he's platinum this and obviously The Last of Us Part yeah. 2, which you mentioned as well, Benny. How, how did you find going from something as heavy and um, you know <laughs> traumatic as The Last of Us Part 2 to this? Like, Did that impact your experience? What was that overall experience like with, with Ghost when you fired it up? Yeah, it's a good question and it's kind of a good comparison because after finishing The Last of Us Part 2 in you know a week and a half or two weeks, it was kind of, you know, getting the platinum for that and then just jumping around between like indie games and let's go back to this and just trying to find something that felt right but knowing that ghost of tsushima was looming it came it did come along at the right time and it's the only game i've played this year like new game that you can truly just sink a few weeks into for me Mm. you know final fantasy 7 was great it wasn't as long as this um and and you know i'm enjoying shorter games more and more so it's not really a statement that um i i've been waiting for a long game but when it came and it was that you know a lot bigger than i expected it to be i was like okay this is something that i can know that i don't have to rush through it i can play for a few hours a night and it will take a few weeks 
and that contrast of like the tone as you mentioned brendan like there's some pretty dark stuff in this game but because i just played the last of us part two it didn't hit me as heavily as i feel like it might have otherwise and like there's a lot of time in between those those heavy moments so yeah that it, it's not an onslaught on your senses and emotions in the same way as the last of us part two but i think mm. the story for this game is is really good and it's hard to pull off something like this in an open world game that's easily easy to get disjointed you know you play like you're assassin's creed or a far cry or something and it's quite easy for the side missions to distract you from remembering what you were doing or whatever but everything's tied together so well it's all along that theme of this invasion that's happening and this this um this nation or this this region in like upheaval and they're struggling to survive and they're struggling to hold on to what they have and it explains so much of the setting it explains why there's not just merchants and stuff everywhere and why there's not just people freely farming they're kind of like in these survivor camps and they're like in these communities that are guarded and it it actually speaks to the world and it makes it make sense to me at least and i think that's something we'll probably dig into a bit more later but what did you think Mm. around that yeah, I um, I enjoyed it as as a change of pace, going coming directly off the Last of Us Part Two. But to be honest, the game hooked me at the start, but I sort of waned a little bit, like between the the tail end of the first act and into the second. Like I found myself caring a little less than I probably thought I would. Like I was just powering through a lot of a lot of the main like gold story quests and then the the side quests and things, not really given too much of a toss. <laughs> and it sort of made me a bit sad, but it um sort of the back end of uh, Act Two and then into Act Three, I was sort of fully back in again. Like I sort of got lost out in the wilderness for a while, and we was just going through the motions. Like I was just rushing in, swinging my my katana with reckless abandon, throwing kunai like there was no one's business, <laughs> and then just going on to the next camp, like you know the next standoff, the next battle, and not really caring. I was just enjoying just being a bit of a juggernaut, and yeah, like the the story does hit. And it does have a few moments where you are feeling sad or at a loss seeing some of these things play out on screen, but it, it doesn't, I guess, punch you in the head as much as something like The Last of Us did, at least for my my experience. Like The Last of Us, I guess, can be a little bit more relatable in mm. a way. Like I know it's a zombie apocalypse and whatever else, but there's more human elements in that that I could find compa- like similarities in my life too, where Ghost I could to a degree, but... I don't know, just some of the, some of the, um, the sort of the graphics themselves. Some of the, some of the expressions got a little bit lost. It felt like they were a bit yeah. rigid yeah. in delivery of lines and stuff. And I think that's where I had a little bit of a disconnect. It, it, it's it takes you out of the moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, there's a yeah. few sides it takes you back that to reality think, a little. Like culturally, at least the samurai. Like then I, I get the sense they're not meant to be about showing emotion and that kind of thing. So it's kind of like. Jin doesn't allow himself to break down and, and have these moments too often where he's angry or sad or, or mad or happy. It's it's just kind of like stoic and we've got a job to do compared to something like The Last of Us where you're constantly just belted over the head with the, the reality of what these people and the trauma that they're facing. And then from, I guess, more of a technical perspective, uh, comparing those games again, this does not have the polish of The Last of Us. It's an open world game, so that's obviously a lot harder to pull off. But even small things like walking through a puddle or 
um, through mud. It, it like it, it won't leave footprints in the way that something like there's so much attention to detail in The Last of Us, and that is just a, a naughty dog thing. Like there's no one that does it as well as them, so it's hard and unfair to compare it in some ways. At the same time, they're like as you guys have mentioned the the character models. There's times where they are a bit janky. It's clear like they didn't motion capture this. It's just been animated and i think the the face models for like the the main cast are all pretty good like oh, there's, there's actually are... a comparison photo for the um lady that played yuna um we put yeah. it down on our notes and i can't actually see it in front uh, of me. Uh, Sumali, yes she actually posted a photo a uh, thing on twitter because someone compared uh, a screenshot to her and she posted on twitter saying I sometimes forget this is actually a video game capture mm. of me because it looks like... And I looked at her phone, I was like, yeah. holy <laughs> shit, that does look like you. Like It really does. The dude playing Jin is Jin. Mm. Like, I yeah. saw him on Twitter, the, he looks exactly the same. The scans and captures are really, really good. <laughs> and the, the sensei Ishikawa, like, I recognized him straight away. Like, oh, it's the guy from Lost. Like, he's mm. the Dharma Initiative guy. So they they have done a a good job of cap- capturing some of those um, facial models, but there's some hand, like gestures and movements and maybe the NPCs where it doesn't look quite as good, and that can take you out a bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, talking, I guess, about comparisons to, I guess, what else is out there in the market. Like, how do you feel it stacks up? Like the closest game, as far as the the core gameplay loop goes. In my opinion, probably the Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but obviously we've got Sekiro, we've got Neo, we've got Neo Two, and if you're going back into the archives, your <laughs> Tenchu's, your Bushido Blades, and stuff like that. But yeah. how do you think it stacks up? I guess to like an Odyssey or or an Origins, which have been pretty highly, you know, praised pretty highly um, over the last few years with their release cycles. I mean, I finished Odyssey recently after giving up on it, so I feel qualified to talk about this. I think they've done such a better job than the Assassin's Creed series of creating a world that feels lived in of creating, like I said before, like a setting that makes sense. The way that people act makes sense. The the sense of exploration just is there. And Mm. I have, I found that playing Odyssey it's, it's empty and you just want to get to the next marker on the map you're not really looking at what's in between those markers because there's nothing to discover yeah and ghosts like every place that you come across has a purpose and like Mm. you want to get to oh look there's a shrine i want to get there or there's a hot spring you know i want to get that extra health it's so Um, easy to get distracted from point to point you guys the reason i started using fast travel is because i'm going to get distracted going from point to point or i'll spend hours just exploring and finding little you know shrines hot mm. springs whatever along the coast and just just and then finding great places just to take photos and stuff like that and things like that as well um it's funny you mentioned assassin's creed you just made me realize in those you know uh for listeners at home i'm actually holding up my copy of assassin's creed origins it's still in the shrink wrap <laughs> <laughs> and i never played Odyssey, so, um i can't really compare it to those two but in saying that it does still feel like very classic Assassin's Creed, like when you're doing the climbing, some of the assassination stuff, but you don't have the move set or the fluid animation that you do in Assassin's Creed. Um, no, you do not. Uh, and like some of the other games I'd compare it to, which also feel very Assassin's Creed uh, uh, inspired with the assassination style and stealth style combat 
things. It'd be like the Arkham series, Batman Arkham series, mm-hmm. and the um, uh, Shadows of Mordor, the Mordor yeah. series. Yeah. Imagine if they brought a Nemesis system into Ghost of Tsushima. That'd be so, so good. good. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah. So like, they're the sort of games I kind of compare it to mm. in my mind. And there's so many times I'm just like the movement, like you want to do like that little jump to go from like one level of a roof to another level and you have to hit X. You can't actually just walk up to the wall and you'll just climb up on it like you would with a Batman or a... Um, yeah, Mortal. like you hold you hold like a button in, in Assassin's Creed and you're pretty much just free climbing. Yeah, free run. Yeah, yeah. Just you the free run mode that click, click, click. You don't have that in this. And, and I that, like that though, yeah. Yeah, I, I like... I got used, very used to the control scheme very quickly, so I'm not mm. going to have a go at that. It's just like some of those little animation things where I have to, and like Gene will do this like super big jump just to step up onto a log. Um, <laughs> that just, yeah. it just, and that's the sort of stuff I was talking about before where it just takes you out of the reality of the, you know, what's in the game, brings you back to reality. I am playing a video game. I mean, I got used to it and mm. it didn't bother me. Like the pros for this game far outweigh the cons. Um yeah yeah i think there's a balance that's really worth highlighting though like there's enough content in this open world that it's fun and you always feel like there's something meaningful to come across but there's also enough empty space that the scenery just captures your attention and and becomes Mm -hmm. a work of art in front of you and that's something that like just from the amount of photo mode like yeah <laughs> tweets and stuff we've been seeing like it really is something that has captured everyone's attention i think is how gorgeous this game looks maybe it's mm. not the most polished but the environments are so the amazing and stunning beautiful. and like i haven't been to japan but it, it makes me be like well, maybe i should check this place out like mm. forget tokyo I was like, at tourist I'm... options for sushi su- <laughs> 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 i've started already in- investigating it's going to be well, good for the tourism board of Tsushima, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, that, that weaves us in, I guess, to our first uh, question, and, and, and it comes from at its Tilby on the socials. Uh, how much time did you all waste in photo mode? Be honest, he says. And oh, so much. I'll, I'll put my hand up here and say not much, to be completely honest, because I was just living through everybody else. Like, as I said, I was very much tunnel vision in this game where I was just powering through enjoying that story in as almost as short a time as i could because i just wanted to wanted to live that samurai life and it's it's not poo-pooing on the photo mode because it's just about the best photo mode Mm. i think i've ever seen in a game like Mm. you see these these posts that people are chucking on instagram and twitter and whatnot and it is it is beautiful like as you guys said it it makes people want to go hey i need to get to japan yeah this is what it even re- resembles 50% of this in modern day now. I need to live yeah. this. So uh, my goodness gracious, uh, there's so much depth to that photo mode. And I think that's why I didn't do much of it because it kind of overwhelmed me. <laughs> or I'm sitting there going about, oh, what F-stop do I want? And then like time time cycle and what expression and this, that, the other. I'm like, bugger this. I'm just going to leave it to the experts and just keep <laughs> slashing my way to victory. So... What about yourselves, Benny? How many how many hours do you think you'd say you put into photo mode? Far too many, um, <laughs> and and I say that as a good thing too because I loved every minute of mucking around in the photo mode with it. Um, this is actually the first game where I really cracked into a photo mode. Like I've used it before, like in Horizon and Spider Man and and God of War as well. And like this one, the only reason I really brought it up on my thing to begin with was because there's I saw. I think it was like I saw like you know when your PlayStation home screen you got the timeline 
when you first mm-hmm. put it up. It said someone used it, got a, fo- a trophy on it for the photo mode. I was like, oh, that's a trophy. I probably should actually use it. <laughs> um, so I used it and I started mucking around with it. I was like, this is actually a lot of fun taking these photos and getting these gorgeous shots. And uh, there was so many times like you're just walking through trees and the light's just coming straight through the trees and just creating this beautiful effect. And you just got to pause and stop yourself and go, okay, I'll take this shot here. And then like, you can just rotate the camera and (laughs) things like that. And you don't even have to change a hell of a lot of settings to get some really spectacular photos. And that's what I was finding the most time is I don't have to change a hell of a lot. I might just change the, the, you know, the color filter, if that, and then just make sure I'm angling the photo where I want it to be. Mm. What about what about you, JP? How many hours did you toss into it, you reckon? Oh, it's hard to put in hours on it, but uh, I don't know, probably an hour or two max. But it, it was definitely like, especially early in the game, a lot of my photos I'm wearing like the traveler's outfit from the start because I was <laughs> I was really into getting like the best views and angles at the start. And, you know, it, it definitely is the best photo mode that I've seen in a game. And I think pretty much every PlayStation, you know, first party game has had one lately. There are all, all those th- third person action games have them. Benny mentioned most of them before. But this one, it's the, the most. Ones. Yeah, oh, <laughs> The Last of Us Part 2 is really good too. I, I was just saying. <laughs> but it, it's the most accessible because it's one button, it's the right D pad. Like they yeah. want you to get into photo mode as much as possible. They don't want you going into the menus and pressing both of the, the thumbsticks to get into it. They just want it right there with the mm. tap of a button. And yeah, like the particle um, options and all that kind of stuff, like there's so much control over this setting and having it dynamic, not just yeah. fixed in, in one moment makes it really cool too for I, that kind I of thing. I like that you could do the tracking shots as well. Yes. Um, I kind of wish I did a few more of those. Me too. And made more use of it and like took some video tracking shots and things like that. But um, most of what Link I was doing was just taking... St- I was still photos and just scenery photos all the time. Like, oh, there's a waterfall. I've got to take a photo. <laughs> uh, it's like being a tourist. Like yeah. when I got to that area with the golden temple, like the golden leaves, the golden temple, mm. I was like, is this a real thing? Like I've never seen this kind of foliage. It's so amazing yeah. and scenic. Yeah. There's, and there's so many of those sort of opportunities in there. There's the, um, mm. uh, the purple field of flowers. I can't remember. I think they're chrysanthemums. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When you're going for the um, legendary um, the bow, the bow outfit. Yeah. yeah, so like there's a, there's some of them that are just just beautiful spots just because of the way they do the flowers and then the the colors of the trees and things like that. It's hard not to appreciate the scenery and then you know if like you said because that photo mode is so easily accessible compared to just about all those other games, you have to go into a pause menu to bring them all up in the other ones. Mm. Um, you can just bring it up mid combat so simple and like there's plenty of shots out there i tried to get a few of the mid combat shots i kind of sucked at them but there's heaps of people out there that got really great mid combat shots of yeah, like there were some beautiful shots with like yeah. blood splatter or a blade yeah. going flying in the air or just Sparks, that impact yeah. and it's yeah, whipping yeah. back a I'm, body i'm gonna and... shout out to lord and pyre because he was the one that actually inspired me to start trying to take some combat shots because he got some freaking brilliant ones He's pretty skilled with a real camera as well, yeah. old Nicholas. So uh, shout out to the to the big bearded man. <laughs> yep, definitely, definitely. So yeah, he inspired me to try and make mine even better than what I was already getting because I thought, oh, mine are pretty good. And I saw his, like, wow, I need to put some more effort in. <laughs> mm. So I, I guess, yeah, the photo mode is obviously one of the standout elements of the game. Mm. What else... 
what else would you say? Maybe if we look at it at first from like the a narrative perspective, obviously non-spoiler to start with, what did you think of the overall story that they were trying to tell with Ghost of Tsushima? Do you think they they executed it well? Do you think like did did you buy in early in the piece or were you like me and you sort of stopped caring for a bit and then came back really strong between two like acts two and three? I did. Like I I haven't got the history with you know, as Benny mentioned, like mm. there's obviously a lot of love for the samurai movies and that kind Kurosawa of Kurosawa movies and stuff like that. Yeah, even to down Kurosawa to like mode. the even down to the black and white mode. Mm. Yeah, and I didn't have any of that history. I haven't watched. You know, I don't even watch anime, so <laughs> <laughs> it's like for me, it was more. I was w- watching this and thinking, like, okay, I can see how this has influenced Star Wars. I can see how this has influenced Westerns. And it was so obvious, like, even the relationship of a sensei and, like, mm. you know, it's like a Padawan kind of setup thing and mm-hmm. the way that they talk to each other and all that kind of stuff. I, I really dug it. And the conflict in the game is really what drives it for me, which is, you know, this isn't a spoiler, but, you know, a samurai has a code of honor and spoil, like, maybe it's a spoiler, but I'm, I don't think it is. You kill people. Is there stealth assassinations and stuff? They in this talk game, about right? it in the trailer. In, yeah. in the in the basic general description is how far will he yeah go to tread that line of honor before breaking it? Um, yeah, so it's, it's this honor, honor versus survival thing. Yeah, you know, they're at war, and that for me, like that moment where they kind of gamify it and justify it as like you know you can't have a game like this without stealth assassination so we can mm-hmm. make it into part of the story and turn it into this tension and that for me really gave it so much more intrigue as you know that becomes this thing between your um you know your leader and yeah lord shimura and yeah and, 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 Sakai, and yourself heads. and and him kind of like drive wedges between you and other characters and I think that angle makes it really interesting to me. I don't know if it's an original thing, if it's in other fiction that's out there. But I think that on top of some of the the themes that are in there, you know, even looking at the side stories, there's there's stuff about like slavery. There's like some rape and like all this kind of dark stuff that just brings it into the staunch reality that this is a war and these are people that are fighting Mm. for their their way of life. Alzheimer's one that was oh yeah that that hit me like a ton of bricks mm. yeah we, we might sort of pick out some maybe some mm. singular favorite uh quest lines and stuff in in the spoilers because I'm, I'm with you that alzheimer's one like we'll we'll plunge a bit more on that in a bit but yeah it's one that stood out to me among just about every other yeah side quest or even the mainline story mm. to be honest yeah, yeah and I- just touching on the like stuff with Act Two, I think it's because you start getting the world open up to you, so they don't push you as hard into the main story into Act Two, because it's like, oh, okay, you've made it to Act Two, you've now got some extra abilities and uh, things that you can do. Here's another new character and his entire nine mission side story to go yeah. to as well. They, I think that they open that up at Act Two, and they don't really drive home the necessary needs like the thing to go um it's kind of a little bit spoilerish so i apologize but to go get your family's armor when at the start of act two it's on the other opposite end of that province 
Yeah, all a, that is is just to get ride. some that more. That was the first thing I did because I was like, oh, I want that. Get damn some armor. of that smoke removed off the yeah. like get the yeah. get the map cloud removed. <laughs> yeah, that's all is, that was for. It is on the complete opposite side of where you are. It it is a long ride. I think that was a good forty five minute ride without stopping and i stopped along the way because i got distracted every opportunity i got for more photos and for fox shrines uh <laughs> but i think that's why it the pacing sort of slows down is because they were like okay you've made it here you've got all your tools now now go explore go have some fun with the rest of this stuff and i i, I feel like that's a little bit of a mistake from a design point of view just because they could have thrown in something else to really pick up the ga- the player's motivation to really want to get back that, you know, complete that second act and make it through that second act and make the story chug along because there isn't really any urgency to make that act chug along at all. When you get to act three, that's when the urgency picks back up in the story. Yeah. Yeah, like the the map itself is huge. Like as yeah, as big. we've touched on, there's so much to explore and take in and that's that's one of the standout elements for me. I think just the sheer scope of this game as far as the regions and the locations that you can explore and take great photos in and, and have awesome battles in and, and meet these well-fleshed-out characters for the most part. Uh, graphically, I think the game looks really good. I think it's certainly puffed up in that photo mode and I yep. think it almost looks its best when it is the nice sprawling vistas and you're just riding on your horse and taking it in and it almost transitioned into this pseudo film that you are i guess playing out with your own hands Mm -hmm. i really like the i guess the boss battles you could call it where it goes into this nice single wide shot and you sort of got a little banter between the person you're fighting and then Jin stepping up and then he draws his sword then yeah pops you know pops like pez you know gets gets the you know pops the hilt on the sword and and then it's go time i think that's really really well executed yeah uh and anything else stand out to yourselves before maybe we pivot into into the outfits, uh, which sort of weaves in with a question we got. I want to ask you guys about graphically, and it kind of uh, stems back to what we're talking about with Last of Us just having recently come out as well, and how and the release date cycle. Do you think Sony maybe should have pushed this game because of how beautiful the world is, and how much this game could have benefited from like an RTA, like a ray tracing uh, graphic up, up upscale? Let's put it that way. Um, Hmm. would this have been better served to have been pushed back to the PS5? I know they promised it as a PS4 game, which is why they've released it as a PS4 game. But I mean, especially the- considering <laughs> Last of Us got pushed back already so much and is released so close to this game, I just and just the sheer beauty of the graphics, I feel like it really could have been a fantastic launch PS5 game. With that yeah. showing off all that ray tracing, all those fan- fantastic graphics improved a lot of the animation and uh some of the character graphics as well um because some especially the smaller known npcs they're not exactly the most detailed but like they just could have given it just that little bit of oomph yeah i mean if the question is is would it have been better on ps5 i think yeah obviously Obviously. it's gonna be better but should they have pushed it i don't no, Especially like, this I, close I, to a release of a new console. Yeah, like. I think it, it didn't make the most sense that it was so close to The Last of Us. Like mm. maybe coming out in a couple of weeks from now would make more sense. It's like the last hurrah for the PS4. Yeah. But again, is that too close to the PS5 then for it to be a PS4 game? Mm. I mean, we still don't know when the PS5 is coming out. They well, that's true. <laughs> but I think, that, I think it speaks to how strong they think the PS5 
lineup is. Uh, we mm. will obviously get this coming across to the PS5 with some kind of upgrade that will probably make it look better. Yeah, it's, it's going to follow just like what they did with The Last of Us Part 1, you know, released yeah. at the tail end of the PS3 cycle and then gets another breath of fresh air with the PlayStation 4. And mm. I, I think maybe because they had so many delays this year already they probably didn't want to disrupt their release True. schedule more than they had to like i think this was initially slated for june and then it got rolled into july yeah already so yeah. if they were going to bump it again stock holding members and things like that obviously they want to see a profit so i think it ultimately mm. probably came down to a bit of bean counter action and getting yeah. this release out and trying to get as much blood out of this ps4 stone as they can before yeah. the five well, releases but Su- I, I know there'll be an enhanced edition infamous second son wasn't it um yeah that was their last probably notable like that's sort of the franchise that i had always attached them to yeah so i mean yeah i suppose it was a long time between drinks for games for them so yeah yeah but i don't know there's one thing that especially when mucking around with photo mode and seeing all the lighting and things like that and knowing what ray tracing is actually capable of i was just looking at going that thought popped into my head more than once going Maybe this game would have been might have been better served as a PS5 launch game. Yeah, and and I'd say it it'll like if it inevitably becomes a enhanced for PlayStation Five version or a game of the year edition with some extra costumes and whatever else they probably throw in on the top. It'll still move units. Like you can see the appetite yeah. for it already. Just especially the fact that Japan. it is. Yeah, especially those those people in Japan starving because they can't get a copy. So <laughs> yeah, I I think I think it'll keep keep selling into the next generation. And um, I, I guess the last thing on, on the costume front, obviously we did have a few different different outfits for for Jin and um, at Rusty Steelpipe on the Twitter, uh, he wanted to know, fashionable killer, which threads are your jam? Hmm. And um, I guess I'll sort of jump in first and outside of obviously the initial traveler's attire, the second I could shift into that, like I was a Ronin man, for quite a while not only just for the look but also i like that it was sort of a jack of all trades set so yeah. so i guess listeners anyone that hasn't played it each each set of armor or clothing has itself certain buffs and perks and play styles that lean heavily towards maybe if you want to become like an archer or you want to be more stealthy or you want to be more frontline the mm. armor sets you choose to wear will give you damage uh, damage buffs uh, resistance buffs standoff increases and stuff so I like the Ronin tire because it was a bit of a Swiss army knife. It could handle a little bit of everything okay. And um, then I switched to the Sakai clan armor when I when I did that quest line because you get your damage buff, damage resistance, and then I'll also been able to do the, the standoff chains, yeah. which is, the, the is amazing. I love five, me some standoffs. <laughs> then the ghost armor, and that, that was sort of the three I was rocking and rolling in. I didn't really play around the inks and change the colors. I changed the, the, head, the head pieces depending on preference, but... That was what I was rolling. What about yourselves, Benny? Where, where were you? Uh, where were you situated from a, from a clothing um, or armor point of view? Ninety percent of my first act was using the traveler's armor, uh, traveler's outfit, and I did muck around with the colors because I was like, eh, I want to mix the colors up. I want to change some things. So I, I rocked the red and white colors for that and the Ronin's outfit. I pretty much rocked a straw hat, or so the, I think the merchant sells you the patchwork straw hat. I rocked that a lot throughout the game. <laughs> And like the one that you get from uh, Riozo, yeah, I, I rocked that one, especially when it upgrades to the Swordmaster's hat. I, I was rocking that for a long, long time, uh, right up until Act Two, really. And and like going once I got the clan 
Sakai armor, I pretty much just rocked that nonstop. And mm. every now and then I'd put the Sakai helmet on where you got the big antlers and stuff like that. Or um, I'd just switch it out to a headband just to, that kind of matched the outfit because I just kind of like being able to see, like, just around that helmet. I just it looked really clunky as well. So it, I just preferred, especially when you're going into cutscenes, like half his face is cut off by the helmet <laughs> so you can't see it. I, I did like that um, with each of those armor sets, there was evolutions to it when you did yeah. level it up it wasn't yeah. just the standard garb from level one through to four it was you know it got more imposing or it got more badass looking or sleeker yeah. or whatever depending on the on the armor itself do you know what what were you sort of uh rocking around Tsushima in yeah to start with it was traveler's outfit because i was trying to unlock the map as much as possible and i didn't feel like i needed the combat buffs early in the game uh, as things got a bit more challenging, it was definitely the Sakai clan armor, just for those those extra two standoff mm. abilities, which I found really useful, especially when you can get up to five towards the end. And yeah, that that was like I did try every outfit out and see how how it felt, how it looked, and they're all pretty cool. Um, I, I'm not a fan of any of the hats that aren't just a bandana though, so <laughs> I, I pretty much just rocked the bandana, no mask pretty much um wasn't a big fan of of, of how they looked they, they looked really You're not authentic. a fan of masks down there in victoria oh <laughs> don't get me started on masks. shame yeah. shame i want shame. my i want my um gin to be able to breathe i know what it's like you know it doesn't want to be dro- <laughs> breathing in that co2 yeah yeah exactly um but yeah the getting that there's like these black and white ink merchants that you can or dye merchants that you can find Mm. across the map and i did get like a completely black traveler's outfit which was pretty cool towards the end um and yeah when i was cleaning up at the end of the game i pretty much just wore the the sakai clan so i could smash through the outposts as quickly as possible The, the sakai clan one and just because of the sheer armor buff that it gives you just for combat reasons it's just mm. unmatchable like you just go into an outpost and you're like yeah i'll take you all down bye <laughs> done yeah, um, yeah very, but very I, quick I, I love the ghost because you just just because of the i don't want to go into things too heavily but like the the kill reduction for getting the ghost stance yeah. up and then the the higher terrify percentage yeah. Um, I just love just going in and just <laughs> chopping oh, yeah. dudes to bits and then freaking people out and then running after them as they run away and stabbing them. And I got very, very sadistic. Like I had <laughs> no samurai, uh, no no honor by the end of it. Like I was very much, <laughs> that race I was a, a ghost. I was like the demon of Tsushima. <laughs> that raises a very good question because of the whole no honor thing. I don't know if you've read it recently, but they've come out and said, uh, if you're noticing your weather's getting worse and worse, it's because you have less honor. Uh-huh. oh yeah so the more storms you have yeah. it's the more down the ghost no on a track that you go yeah i was i was like pretty much like you had a hurricane i had bloody you were shark nados and stuff cruising past me like it was you know <laughs> it was the rapture like it was something <laughs> but yeah. i guess um that probably weaves nicely into combat and weapons mm. what was what was how did you approach this game like did you try and be as true to the samurai culture as possible and, and respect your enemy. And, you know, um, you know, Lord Shimmer was, was always like, you know, you always, you look your enemy in the eye when you, when you fight them and kill them, you know, you never attack from the shadows, you never kill from behind all this stuff. Like I pretty much told him from about 10 minutes into the game, Lord Shimmer, stick it up your ass. Yeah. I'm killing dudes from the rooftops, from the shadows. I'm throwing grenades. I'm using everything in my disposal. Like I was just destroying people. 
Yeah, I was the same. I was like uh, Rick James on, on Eddie Murphy's couch. I was just <laughs> like, nah, man. I was like, I'm doing this my way. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, there's a reference. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was probably somewhere in between because I really liked, like making the combat a little bit difficult for myself too. And I suppose that comes from playing like games like Mortal Kombat and For Honor. I, I, I do like to challenge myself every now and then from time to time. Um, so doing some of that stuff, like just having some of that sword combat, switching the stances, uh, deflections and parries and things like that. I'd still throw out kunai like there's, they were going, you know, just, kunai all, all day. Love the Best kunai. weapon in the game, by far. Um, that and when you upgrade the smoke bombs to later on, you can get a couple of assassinations going off of yeah. a few smoke bombs. It's That's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I was... I, I found that there was too many weapons actually it's something we yeah. can talk about a bit more later in our gripes but there were so many things that i would underutilize and forget that i even had access to them and i guess that's something where people can approach it the way they want to but if you can forget that something is there completely i think that could be seen as a flaw in in the way the game presents like there's there's no scenarios where you have to use this for this situation Mm. you're open to to make your own choice but for me it often meant like oh yeah i I forget like i have smoke bombs like and they they're useful for this situation and i don't think i ever needed to use a sticky bomb except for when it was like oh i've run out of kunai quick throw some yeah yeah (laughs) or it was like you get a bit of bonus honor or fame or whatever if you do this challenge as you take out an outpost well i think the best example like the the wind chimes were actually pretty useful because you could distract it and even get them to where you wanted so you can get an assassination but like the firecrackers like that's just yeah i never used the firecrackers that's something they weren't useful at all (laughs) i I think i used them maybe once and it's actually really good for baiting an en- like a group of enemies to underneath like um you know the uh pots the the fire cauldrons that you shoot with the arrows and they explode in flames oh, and everyone right, catches yeah. in fire yep. really good for drawing a whole heap of enemies to the fight to one of those hit it with that kill them all in one shot hmm. um but like it doesn't the game doesn't do because it's just an ability that you unlock in the menus it's not something like that firecrackers for example i'm I'm just using as the example here they could have put that into a mission or something somewhere so you learnt, hey you can use these firecrackers to draw a whole heap of enemies to one location so you can either sneak past them or lure them all into a trap or something like that just it's just something that seemed like a missed opportunity like because you said there are a lot of tools and abilities that you can use but you Mm. forget you've got most of them half the time yeah, and even on that, like, there's a mission that teaches you how to use the hornet's nests, and oh, yeah. I don't know if I ever did it again because I, I just I think I used it, like to half do a it. dozen times. Yeah, doing Ishikawa's missions early on because yeah. there was a lot of archers that were standing next to them, and that was about it. Yeah. So what did you think? Like, obviously, um, the game we probably should disclose there is obviously uh, diverse skill trees within the game, which mm. you get um, ability points assigned by doing missions in game or just just you know general general great things within the Tsushima landscape and you can use it to to sort of focus more on ghost mm. techniques samurai techniques and stance techniques you can use your points to allocate there's four there's four sword stances within the game uh, and they're unlockable by uh, via killing uh, bosses within the game or mini bosses i guess you could say um Actually, camp get, leaders and stuff like that you can skill those up double and you go so pro tip go to an outpost observe the boss at the outpost the the leader at the outpost first 
and then kill him and you get two uh levels for your stance instead of one i i've always saw that it mentioned the observe but i thought it was like in like um you know either or i didn't think you could you could sort of hack it and double it up it's it's a hack to double it up so you you observe it first so you watch him i think for like five ten seconds and it's like okay i've observed you and it shows the unlock and then you kill him and then you get another unlock on top of it man i could have had all those stances in in (laughs) i had all those stances pretty much all but moon stance before the end of act one that's crazy I, i didn't get most of them until the back end of you know, somewhere middle of Act Two on on the stance discussion, I find my found myself using the water stance mostly. Yeah, just because you could flow really, really smoothly with your strikes, and I found it was a good happy medium for the different enemy archetypes. Obviously, the four stances are catered to do better against certain enemy types. So the wind mm. stance is good for spearmen, uh, moon stance for brutes, and then the stone stance for swordsmen. Uh, and then the the um, water stance for you know shield enemies so you can sort of chop and change in and out of combat on the fly but one thing um that that el pete's mentioned via discord that he wanted to ask he goes how bummed out were you that there wasn't a loadout feature i would have loved a quick way to be tank be a tank and then quickly change armor and charms to turn the dude into a bow and arrow master or a master of dueling to a sneaky ninja without having to jump into the menu and re-equip all the necessary charms. So that kind of weaves in also to the button mapping with the stance. I didn't mind the stances. It was, you know, you hold a button in and then you, you press a mm. face button on the on the mm. you know, triangle, circle, square or X to switch. I thought that was cool. But I do wish that there was a button you could shift between your armor sets and then the charms which give you the other buffs or um, defenses attached to it. How did you guys find combat overall? And do you think that would have helped your experience? No, I, I don't think I would have wanted a loadout feature. I mean, a, a loadout feature, so I didn't have to go through the menus to find those things again. Yes. Uh, but being able to change it on the fly in combat, no, I wouldn't have liked that at all. Uh, changing stances, that, that, that makes sense from a real world perspective, but you're in mid combat it's like hang on a second let me just change my armor and my charms and uh all my loadout in mid combat like that part to me no um out of combat yeah that'd be fine just to do a quick loadout change you go into a menu all right i've saved this loadout i change it to the loadout Hmm. during combat yeah yeah, maybe it's something where you've got no aggro drawn you'd be able to press a button and go from yeah your traveler to clan clan sakai or whatever exactly it is. Yeah. yeah oh shit i mean i need to be sneaky here i better put my ghost outfit on um you know that yeah, sort of i'm thing. with you benny i think that would be really handy even like an exploration outfit with mm. the traveler's kit and that kind of thing um to to el pete's question definitely yeah really would have liked that and i don't know if maybe it's probably an oversight or you wouldn't think they would forget something like that maybe it just didn't work for whatever reason but it seems like kind of a no-brainer. Having said that, I don't, I don't recall like Fallout or like uh, that kind of game having that as well, which would be useful. Yeah, I mean to be to be fair, the difficulty of the game. I mean, I don't know if you guys played it on like Master Difficulty or whatever. I didn't. I think I just went it on normal. just normal. Yeah. yeah, but like the difficulty on normal doesn't require you to need to change it all that often. Yeah, and I was only really finding that I would change. Like I had the, I think it's called the Inari charm as one of my mages, which is which gives you like the extra resources when you're doing like getting supplies yeah. and stuff. I had that all the way up to virtually the end of Act Three, equipped the entire game. I didn't change my master charms virtually all the way until Act Three because I just didn't need to. 
I didn't find that I really needed to change the, the charms all that often. That's a good point. I think it's more just for people that want to feel like they're they can got the, max, the, yeah. yeah, they just want to be like the best they can possibly be, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought early in the game, I was like, oh, yeah, I can do all this and this. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm not actually changing these all that often. I don't really need them. And then I, I was changing a few adjustments to like make sure I had extra resolve coming back and things like that towards the end of the game where I needed it more because the combat fights were something a little bit more tougher. But before, yeah, before Act 3, I didn't really need to change it very often. Regarding, regarding sort of stuff that we just touched on there, the charms and things which sort of weave into the exploration and the, the environment itself, the shrines, the hot springs patting all the cute little adorable foxes and stuff like that how did how did you guys go like obviously you guys have gone off the beaten track a lot more than i have in my playthrough like my if you looked at my map it's it's almost just like watching as if a snake's going around the joint like it's <laughs> the whole map isn't covered like uncovered it's still a lot of fog of war cruising around the joint but did you did you enjoy that part of the game where you sort of put your sword down to a degree and just explored and and traversed and, oh, yeah. and used the grapple hook and everything else to get to these certain places. What's What do you got? Jono, did you want to maybe share your thoughts on that to start with? Yeah, I, I think I mentioned before how the game's just perfectly laid out where there's enough things to discover. If you go in one direction, you'll eventually come across something or you'll come across a bird that leads you to something. And that's mm. just a genius bit of design to me. Like the, the way that they incorporated the lack of waypoints with yeah. the environment you whether see it's the like foxes, the white smoke in the sky and stuff. Yeah, yeah like yeah exactly and whether it's like uh, the light glow of the fox's den like mm. the tree the fireflies all of these things just work together so well to give the game a presentation that's not like anything i've ever played at least like the the wind in itself uh as a visual is amazing like you, you i know in real life you can't see wind but oh, give me a lighter in- and I'll show you otherwise, <laughs> mate. <laughs> you can in this game, and especially when it's blowing petals or uh, pollen or whatever it is, like through the air, it looks so beautiful. And to use that as a mechanic, to me, is like a stroke of genius. Whoever thought of that deserves a pat on the back, as, as well as whoever's responsible for the quick load times in this game. Let me just give a shout oh, out. Oh, yeah. Like, Actually, whoa, like, really amazing. We don't need PS5 load times with this. I couldn't even read the tips on the on the loading screen, and I've got a base PS4. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you do the bit where you die, and you put down the controller. Okay, look at the phone. Oh shit, I'm back in combat already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really well done. I love the the very minimalistic HUD, like mm. the fact that all you've got your health bar and mm-hmm. a couple of little other like your ancillary product loadouts and stuff like that, showing how many kunai you might have or whatever else. Like it just lets the game just speak for itself and just yeah drag you into this just beautiful landscape juxtaposed with this real harsh reality which i love like you're cruising through these beautiful beautiful landscapes and all of a sudden you come across yeah some some fallen farmers and whatever else that have been cut up and there's blood everywhere or you know there's been a like this farmsteads on fire and whatever else you see these really really striking visuals where you go through these beautiful beautiful fields and then yeah uh, just destruction and chaos and death and violence and it's a testament to everybody at sucker punch there um one thing i gotta say is i reckon just about everybody on tsushima island must be suffering from some form of hay fever because that's one thing that irked me a little bit i know that they went with 
minimalism and, and pollen and wind and everything else, but there is leaves everywhere all the time. There's like <laughs> dozens and dozens of them in your peripheral that, you every know, single step of this way. Hay fever. <laughs> That's what actually drove me It wasn't a ghost, it was hay fever. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so I thought like, I know from an artistic perspective, it added to the look and the vibe and the feel, but there was just times when I'm like, come on, Come on, sucker punch! Dial it down a second <laughs> yeah. with with these leaves. Like there are, they are everywhere. Like mm. it is out of control here. But a from a, from a living <laughs> art piece, it was it was beautiful, and um, the sound on the back of that, like when you are just cruising through these areas on your horse, and these beautiful soundtracks are just sort of playing with you every every step of your ride and you're hearing um, you know various like wind instruments and string instruments and stuff and oh it's so pretty it's such yeah. a pretty experience just also with like touching on the riding your horse and the soundtrack and you just slow down your horse riding you start playing your flute yeah hmm. i not yeah. even like because it does have an effect on like the weather and stuff playing the flutes but like I found myself just every now and then as I was just riding along, just admiring the scenery, I'd do the little swipe for the flute thing just so I could just enjoy like that little tune while I'm riding. And then the weather would go nasty. Like, oh, no, do it again, do it again. I don't want the nasty weather. I want the happy weather. Because um, <laughs> I just wanted to enjoy the scenery. It's just mm. it's just a fun way just to explore and enjoy that scenery in that game. Um, I did like that Jin enjoyed the scenery too. Like yeah. when you're walking through taller areas, you can see him like run his hand through the reeds and things like that. Like just yeah. little nods to these tiny little nothing details like you can just see this extra bit of care that costs sucker punch a good amount of time and money to chuck into this game that yeah. adds nothing to the overall gameplay loop but it just shows this next level love and care that they've got for what they're building here oh, in ghost yeah. of shishima yeah what did you guys reckon of the haiku stuff like i love the scenery at the haiku locations but like the haikus themselves were actually kind of I really liked it. That that yeah. was one thing I really liked. I sat there. I got too into it though. Like I'd, you sat there, analyze the lines over those go, haikus, didn't you? Like I'd bounce around. Usually had a selection of three for each line, if yeah. I remember right. And I'd read them a few times, and then when I'd land on the first one, then I'd remember what my first line was and see if it flowed nicely with my oh, options man. for the third, like wow. for the, the second instance. And That's yeah, I I took a lot of time with the haikus. I did at the start, but then eventually I was like, where's the closest X? There you go, that one, that one, that one. So many of mine, like I picked the first line, I go, yeah, I really like that line. And I go to the next thing, I go, none of these fit. None of these make sense to me. And I, I actually, there's a, I think I shared it with you guys, I can't remember, but there's actually an article where they said they got like a professional person to um, read some of the haikus that some players have made. He's got, these are all really bad. And he looked at what the <laughs> options were for making haikus and he got, these haikus are not well, good. Well, that's pretty tough because what is it? <laughs> five, five, seven, seven five. five. Yeah. So you don't have a huge amount to play with. Yeah. What? We, hey, what we should might maybe do, and we maybe we might put in the show notes is we'll pick each of our go into because yeah, when you write the haiku, it gives you a headband, and you go and yeah. read the description. It gives you the haiku uh, written as the description. We should go pick our best haikus, and we'll put them in the show notes. I like that idea. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a haiku off. There you go. Right. Look it in the show notes, people. There's some haikus there. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you think? Is there anything else you want to cover non-spoilery before we maybe break and start uh, diving deep? Yes. Fox shrines. If you go to a fox shrine and you do not pat the fox, you did not visit the fox shrine. <laughs> if Sometimes you are following gone, the fox though, and noticed. you don't go, what does the fox say? <laughs> oh, I hate that song. <laughs> 
Look, I, I, I didn't pat the fox every time. Actually, I will say, because I always looked for the fox, and the one thing that really annoyed me is because some of the locations, like there's no room for the fox to stand. Mm. That actually was one of my biggest pet peeves. I've turned around to pat the fox, and he's not there for me to pat him. Devastating. That mm. broke my heart. Fox it, deserves a pat. Every exactly. fox deserves pats. And on that note, let's uh let's break for a split second here before we jump into some spoilers. Maybe maybe we'll start unpacking the story to start with. I think that's probably going to be the best mm-hmm. place to uh mm. commence the spoiler part of this podcast right now. We went an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, JP. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Like, did you wanna did you wanna lead us on this spoiler spoiler laden journey? Sure. Yeah. I I mean I guess we can talk about the big things that happened. Like that's, we're here to talk about spoilers. Let's talk about spoilers. The betrayal. Ryuzo. God. Did you see it coming? Oh, I did. Mile away. I've, I've watched many, <laughs> many, like as, as Benny mentioned, I, I had a similar upbringing. I, I love the samurai culture. Watched a lot of films, watched a lot of anime, played a lot of samurai inspired video games. So I, I knew that this was coming. Um, I wasn't sure if it was going to be maybe like Ryuzo or uh, maybe one of the other characters, but I, I knew that there was a betrayal that was going to transpire in this game, in this gameplay loop. I thought maybe, you know, old uh, Yuna's brother, like Taka might potentially betray you because he's always trying to justify his existence and, and get some belief in himself. So maybe him siding with, with mm. Khan would have mm. elevated his own sort of, uh, you know, internal feelings about how, how important he is. But yeah, I was, I was not at all surprised. I loved the, I loved the loop. I loved the battle. Uh, well, the series of battles, battles that you have over, yeah. with, yeah. with your frenemy. All right. We did have a question from at Jared trail, famously of Rainbite studio down in New Zealand. What did you think of Ryuzo's decision to betray you and his fate? My thing with Ryuzo's betrayal, it, and the reason why it stood out is painfully obvious, and it's not so much just samurai storytelling, I think it's just a standard storytelling trope, really. And Jono, maybe you could elaborate a bit more for me because you're a famous writer now. <laughs> um, but like when you, in the missions leading up to uh, rescuing Lord Shimura, and going to that castle, you're helping Ryozo and the Straw Hats, and there's that mission where they're like, Straw Hats are singing in the cages, and they say, oh, they were being fed, and all this sort of stuff, and he's sitting there going, I've been trying to feed my, you know, these guys, the Mongols have fed my guys. Mm. They've helped us. They've looked after us. So, in my mind, I, I could see where he's going. I could see straight away, I'm like, yeah, he's going to betray me. And then when he doesn't show up at the uh, before the attack on the castle at Canada uh, Castle, it's like, oh yeah, I know where he is. He's betrayed us. He's not showing up. And then he shows up inside the thing and he's ready to fight us. I'm like, yep, yep, it's all this coming. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I probably should have seen it coming, but I guess I wasn't thinking that way for whatever reason. But yeah, I, I, I think with that, it's the kind of thing where yes, it might present itself as the traditional setup, but. A good writer can find those things and and kind of subvert them or invert them and flip them on their head. So yeah. it's a bit of a fake out, and that's kind of what I was thinking. Is is okay? This guy's been a bit sketchy. He's expressed how pissed he is at Jin for, um, you know, taking what he thought he had coming to him as a samurai, mm. and maybe he's going to show up just in time and save the day. And that that's where I thought maybe they might be going, but they went the other direction. Um, as for his fate like as jared asked i think 
seeing him come to terms with the decision he made you know it was it was a good bit of storytelling i think because he had to watch like he had to set those guys on fire outside that yeah that gate and that was like pretty traumatic in the story i think i think that's when he knew that he fucked up yeah and he was like i've gone too far and i just have to keep going pretty much and that was a real thing where you kind of sympathize with him because you feel like he's doing what he thinks is the right thing for his people but he's back to the wrong horse and he's on the wrong side of history and eventually you know I, i i love fights where and i guess it's especially a thing with samurai where you know it starts and it's two people talking civilly and they're like you know what we have to do now we have to kill each other and there's no like there's there's honor there there's no one backstabbing or taking someone off guard it's just like we're friends we have this history we're going to do this the right way and yeah i think that that came together pretty well 100 mm. percent. and and that's what like you you both i think hit the nail on the head like i could i could understand and and um sympathize with with the cause and the plight and and he just wants to do what's best for the the straw hat roan at the end of the day he's trying to to make sure they survive and and keep living the life that they're that they're choosing and mm. i get it i get it but yeah i just love as you said those those one-on-one standoffs where it is just person against person and their blade is going to do the talking here like yeah there's no sneak attack from the shadows or you don't get overwhelmed and, and sort of gang beaten it is just mm. yeah whoever is the the master swords person in this moment is going to walk away yeah. with yeah. uh you know with the bickies and it, it kind of reminded me of like even in like western culture like the times of war we've had in recent history there have been countries that just like rolled over to the invaders like vichy france is, is a good example in world war Two where the, the Nazis came in and pe- some people in France just said, all right, we won't get in the way and we'll just let you do whatever. And I've been criticized through history for that. And obviously not everyone in the country decides that that's what they want to do, but the peasants don't have a choice. It's, mm. it's, it's happening up the top. And I guess that's a, a similar kind of thing. It reminded me, it's, it's, that hist- it's that theme of like, invaders and like the way that you respond to an invasion to you fight is pacifism the direction you go and it's interesting seeing the three different at least three different approaches where there was the straw hats there was lord shimmerer wanting to do it with honor and maybe lose by doing it that way and then there was Jin who was like we ain't going down yeah like lord shimmerer like and you saw in in those scenes you were talking about with uh, when they're when they're about to rush the castle, and then Jin pretty much does it single handedly. Like if he hadn't mm-hmm. have done that, Lord Shimmer was gonna send countless countless members of his army to death yeah. just because that's the samurai way. Like he was so dedicated and focused on the code that he couldn't see any other way around it, regarding regardless of the sacrifice that he had to throw out there to to potentially win that war. Like. And I love that about this game. Yeah. Mm. I love the, I guess, the old school and the new school fighting one another with the way of the ghosts and the way of the samurai and whatever else. Uh, from yeah. from a sort of um, character or even like a side stories perspective, Benny, you mentioned um, the uh, the art of seeing, which is uh, the side story or the side quest yeah. with uh, Yuriko and, and Toyotama. Yuriko, yeah. That was one of my favorites too because it broke away from all the combat 
it was just you and this beautiful old lady that that raised you as a yeah. child and saw you it's like I guess, spending become time more with of Nana. the man. I mean, I know, yeah. I know you don't like your grandmother. Um, yeah, yeah very much so. <laughs> but like that's that's the sort of vibe that it gave me. It's this caring, loving old lady that's raised you as a kid, looked after you pretty much your entire life, and you're watching her suffer in her end of days, essentially. And it's it's heartbreaking to watch, especially at the end. And then you come back from, you go off to do something, and you come back, and she's ready to die, pretty much. She, you, you forced her to make you like a poison. Yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah. True. True. You do yeah. that as well. Yeah. Yeah. The old blowgun. Yeah. Another th- weapon that I forgot I had for oh. was part of the game. No, no. The hallucination dart was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome, and I wish I used it more, but I just forgot. Yeah. Yeah, but I really like that 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 side quest really broke up the game because yeah, the sword was mm. a way you were just on horseback or on mm. foot, reminiscing, going to these really beautiful locations, paying your respects to fallen family members or, or certain trees near like a like a bloody lake and stuff. Like it was so pretty, and amongst the there's 92 total quests in the game. Like that one wow. stood out for me. Uh, the other one I really enjoyed was the other side of honor. Which was um, where Jin Roku was. He was a fake samurai. Like he he claimed oh, yeah. that he was one of the survivors, <laughs> and he 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 sort of uh, befriended this group of women, and they they looked after him and wined and dined him. And then he's like, "All right, I got to go off and do samurai things and keep everybody safe." And he disappeared and come back, and it was all a ruse. You can choose to let him live, or you can kill him when you uh, finally okay. catch him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. I let him live. I let him. Live. I let him live as well. Yeah. I was like, "You Aren't poor we all good? bastard! <laughs> yeah. Get out of here, you scamp!" <laughs> Yeah, and then the last one I wanted to highlight before I throw it over to yourselves is the Six Blades of Kajiro, which oh, is just like a series yes. of awesome one-on-one duels. I need to where, that. yeah, where you, where you want to fight uh, Kajiro, he's going to duel you to the death. But to get to him, you've got to get through five of his disciples, hmm. and you have these awesome fights, like in these crazy backdrops, like the base yeah. of a waterfall and a forest clearing and the edge of a cliff and everything. Like it is. It is like interactive cinema at its finest. And um, I played that quest. I especially remember that one because I had the uh, uh, Kurosawa mode on for that. So I was living my best like samurai (laughs) video game movie life in that set. And then you get a pretty cool set of armor at the back end of it. But what about yourselves? Any other other notable highlights for you guys? That that one you just mentioned in particular, I had a bit of an issue with because I had actually come across all of those jewels before i was given the quest i only oh, came across would... one before i yeah. got the quest so yeah i i guess they tried to put it in an obvious area and i missed it but i i had killed all these guys and then i went to him and he's like oh there's this boss whatever the guy's name is that mm. is trying to to get you and kojiro yeah to get to him you have to beat all of his his henchmen yeah oh. and i was like oh i already killed them all and he's like oh well here he is go behind the waterfall or whatever <laughs> and so then i did that final Jewel at the end of the game when I was mm. super overpowered and I just smashed him, but yeah, it was it was still cool. As far as the missions that that stand out, I think a lot of the ones that you do, like the the tales that you do for your friends, were each they they were quite different from each other. They yeah. all had different motivations. There was a revenge story. There was uh, like a kind of you had with uh, Ishikawa. There was kind of the to use like the Star Wars analogy, there was like the the Padawan who'd gone off to the dark side, and you yeah. were like trying to like get them back. And then Norio, the monk, had such a heart wrenching story 
about his family and that kind of thing. And I think they were all just done really well. Mm. And none of them particularly stood out to me because they. Were, I just think they were all great. Yeah. One of Masako's actually stood out to me is when you're on the beach and you're helping her find her sons. Yeah. Right. That mm. one really stood out to me because you just, I don't know, I just felt for her. I really did. Um, mm. And returning to that scene from the start of the game. Yeah. Too. That's another big part because you go into where it is and you're like, oh, wow, they really messed us up when they came through here oh yeah they ran roughshod across that beach yeah so it, it that's i think that one stood out to me a lot yuriko is just oh just absolute just hit like i've already said it hit me like a ton of bricks and the other one i wanted to bring up and like some of the mystic uh the mythic armors and things like that like the um and this is more just from a scenery point of view the one where you've got the lightning going off in the cemetery behind you Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I can't remember which one that's called. It's one of the, it's when you learn the sword technique, where you hit triangle and circle together. Yeah, God, I love that that move. That was that was my bread and butter. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that one just for the scenery and the one where you get the bow armor as well because it's got all the beautiful purple flowers and things like that, which I mentioned before. Um, that's just those stood out just to me just because of the locations you visit and how beautiful they look. That final battle on that sort of hilltop cliffside for that bow mission—that was tough. Yeah, there were so was a, many that enemies, was a and they—they they cut me up. I—I I played that through. I reckon probably eight times. I reckon before I got that one, I was doing a lot of running mm. away, fight, 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 run away, fight, fight. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, and the one that I really wanted to bring up, uh, tail wise, I liked Yuna's a lot as well. Um, but the one I really wanted to bring up was Kenji. Kenji's side mm-hmm. missions. Um, there's only three of them, but you can see just how much he's turned from this little smuggler asshole <laughs> to someone that actually gives a crap about everyone else. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. by the I, end of the I game. I thought when I first met him, he was that was the only yeah. um, interaction I was going to have with him during that Saki sort of mission. Yeah, I thought that was it after that. Yeah. But yeah, he, he hangs around and becomes a, a key part of the group. Actually, one of the uh, characters, and I can understand why they didn't do it because he dies, is like we didn't get a side tale for Tucker, unfortunately. Yeah, um, let's talk about Tucker. But yeah, we need to talk about Tucker because that was a moment. Yeah, yeah. So he was he was definitely the, the little brother trying to prove that he existed in this mm. world and that he could stand on his own two feet and be as be as famous one day as his as his sister or even Jin. Like he you could see that he had just eyes to he just wanted to be around them all the time and be as revered as them ultimately. And and you feel for him like yeah. because that he just wanted that, to help out too. Yeah, that uh what's the word I'm thinking of? That loyalty mm. ultimately is what got him. Like he he'd follow Jin into you know, the through the gates of hell. Even though his sister was like, "I forbid you," he's like, "No, I've got his back. You know, I'm going to help him." And it ultimately yeah. led to uh, the poor bloke's head getting cut off. Uh, well, it wasn't even which... cut off; it was ripped off. Yeah, like he was... only cut it like halfway yeah, he off. He him sort of halfway the through. Rest of and... it off. Yeah, brutal. And he did it with your own sword too. Yeah, like it was. It was pretty hectic. Talk about no one. Um... Oh, mate. He, you could <laughs> see, can't. like when he set those dudes alight right yeah. at the start of the game. You're like, yeah, he, he, he don't care. He's <laughs> yeah, that was uh, like, Masako's husband it. at the start that he set on yeah. fire. Yeah, but um, what what do you think? What do you think, Jono? Yeah, it was a shocking moment for sure. Like it, it's 
even in a game where there's so much brutality and um mm. you know violence it, it's still i don't know why we i don't expect it by this point i think I, I i think i actually do a good job of not overthinking story when i'm playing a game and i'm not like some people are always one step ahead thinking like trying to pick what the twists are but for me it was just um yeah like a shocking moment especially the way he died i guess it's not shocking that a character would die but for it to happen in that way was yeah it was just brutal. out of kind of out of nowhere like you could see it was a slow burn that scene it was kind of mm. tarantino and just wanted where... him to run and live and yeah. protect himself and... and he's got the sword and he's like being told you know, to to do something with it, and yeah. you, you could just see it coming. Like he's gonna try and attack this guy, but oh, I was so sad when I saw that he'd been captured as well. I was like, oh no, Tucker. Oh. I think I was more traumatized though with the death of my horse yep. than Tucker, to be honest. <laughs> like I don't thing. know what it is with animals in games, but you just get this attachment to them, and mm. when they get felled in combat, like it hurts so damn much. Question: it made What me did so you name sad. your horse? Actually, which horse did you protect? Uh, I took the black pick? horse. You took the black one? Yeah. And what did I you went name? like the speckledy blacky gray one. Yep. I, w- I went the gray dapple one as well. And it was Sauna. Sauna. Oh, I was Kage. I had Kage, which was Shadow. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the second horse, I took the straight white one and I called it Kaze, which was Wind. I had an issue with the horse death. I mm. think... <laughs> first of I all did too. i hated that as well, well. The, not even just from like the emotional side of it like the heart-wrenching side of it but i i thought it was dumb because they shot this horse like with an arrow in the bum like three times and i don't think that would kill a horse a beast like this and it, there's no vital True. organs back there like it ran for a few kilometers and then it just died there was no time yeah. for blood loss to happen and there's no time for infection to set in it seemed like they were just like, we got to kill off the horse to make, you know, the emotional stakes higher. And it it was a bit cheap to me, the way they did it. And that was pretty much my issue with it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. I, when you mention it, like, there's only a few arrows in the ass, really. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, he didn't take one right in the there. neck. I mean, I, like... I, don't know, I don't know horse anatomy all that well, but I'm pretty sure that you're right. There's nothing back there besides the pooper. Yeah, so... I don't know. Maybe because he had been riding for such a long way, and maybe stopping. maybe those arrows had some of that poison on it. Who knows? That too. But yeah, but actually, yeah, it's just yeah. Something. Maybe I'm overlooking a poisonous arrow. That could be a thing. Yeah, yeah but it was it was heavy. I, I guess the only other possible deaths that were as big as that is obviously the the overall aim of this game is to take down the the nephew of of old Genghis. Mm. Mm-hmm. um you know and khan and you have a pretty hectic battle with him on a giant ass ship that's on fire and there's waves of enemies coming yeah. and whatever else like that was a good fight <laughs> yeah it was a good fight and and you're constantly on the toe like mm. you were moving around like there's oh, no yeah. one's business trying yeah. to well, avoid even before that you like have a duel with him and i didn't know i was walking into a duel and i only had one thing of resolve on my bar because i just killed a whole bunch of enemies using like the the uh a couple of the moves and stuff that burn resolve and i was walked in there was like oh i'm in deep <laughs> shit here <laughs> so it took me a while to get through that fight because i just didn't have the resolve to be able to do any of my moves that i normally would do and the reach on that glaive that he had was oh, ridiculous was like i'm rolling out of the way and he's still clipping me when i felt like i was 20 meters away at times like yeah. i was getting cut left right and center from him but yeah you ultimately you know go against your go against your almost adopted father like mm. the 
the Lord pretty much propositioned you and says, you know, go realign yourself with the way of the samurai, leave this ghost life behind. Once this battle's over, you're going to become my official son and and ultimately ruler of the island. Ro- yeah. yeah, reside and rule over Tsushima down the line. You kind of say, stick it up your ass, old man. Like, I'm <laughs> fighting for my people. I'm doing what's right here. I'm a, I'm a grown ass and- man. I don't know. Don't need to be adopted. Well, he also he yeah. wanted you to pin the blame on Yuna. Yeah, that was low. That's that's right. Yeah, I forgot and about that. And that was the yeah. bit that I was like, fuck you, man. She's done all this to help us and she just lost her brother. It's funny too because it's like, will they or won't they kiss? Like, are they going to yeah. become lovers? Because there's so many of these little pauses between the two where you're like, there, there is a romance budding here. Like, I can see it. Like, maybe it's just a mutual respect too because they've been through a lot and and what have you but i appreciate yeah, the, so, the restraint of not forcing a romance into the middle of it yeah actually i i appreciate that too maybe there's something there for ghost too <laughs> yeah which we'll talk about soon but yeah obviously the ending mm. y- you take down the big bad and then you are pretty much presented um with the option you have you have one final showdown with your with your uncle or your pseudo father whatever you want to classify him as you you, yeah. you go to Go to your original sparring spot with Lord Shimura and you fight him and then you've got a choice to to kill him. Like he wants to die in the way of the samurai, let him let him die with honor, Mm. or you can leave him. What did you guys do? I let him live because in my head it was like, no, like the time for honor above all else is over, and I'm not gonna kill you just because you want honor. And like that was my way of the ghost kind of teaching him that he'd evolved past that kind of perspective. Yeah, I let him live too, and my thinking was a little bit different. It was, one, you've already told me I have no honour, so I can't give you honour. Which I think he said after, didn't he? Yeah, he literally says that after you you let him live. Um, He goes, I I have no honour, but I will not kill my family, which is the other thing. was like, he's literally the only family Jin has left. So, like, if I was in that position, could I do that? I don't think so. And also my thinking in the back of my head is, oh, if Jin's riding around the country, if he's just killed his uncle, that's the only person that's stopping literally all hell raining yeah. down on him as an outlaw because he's going to have to live as an outlaw for the rest of his days regardless. I'd rather have the person be in charge still at least be my uncle rather mm-hmm. than some no-known shogun yeah. samurai. Yeah, it's it's funny because we all we all spared his life. Like oh, I, I didn't kill him either. Mm. But that whole, that whole sequence leading up to that fight where you both sit down and you write your final haikus yeah. under that big sort of yeah. um, you know, red maple tree beside the lake. It's beautiful. Yeah, and that's like this that's your parents' grave site too. Yeah, and, and once you're done once you're done putting that haiku together, it's like, all right, let's get down to business. Mm. Only one of us is walking away from this hypothetically. But yeah, we we let him live. Mm. And it was a pretty big moment. But I was with you guys, I'm like we're done with the killing. You know, we don't need any more unnecessary deaths. I'm, I get it that Jin says he has no... I still like to believe that he's got a bit of honor oh, yeah, because the things he did, yeah. you know, for his people and for his country, I think transcend the way of the samurai. But, you know, old man logic with Lord Shimura <laughs> says otherwise. But mm. yeah, but walking away from that and, and you sort of uncle, you're going to be hunted, hunted like a dog for the rest to the end of your days, blah, blah, blah. You're an outlaw, all that stuff. Uh, I thought that was really cool, and we'll probably talk more about that um, with the final final part of the pod. But maybe we could jump into sort of I- the final closing moments of the pod. Like, 
maybe we talk about where the game really succeeds and then we can maybe talk about any failures, nitpicks and gripes that we might have as well. And uh, I guess this sort of backs in old Lefty log- uh, Lefty Logie, even though I, I pronounce it as Logie, but <laughs> I'm assuming you'd pronounce it as Logie because obviously we're talking about Logan yep. here on the Twitters. We could say it's Logie and he likes to spit. Yeah, Lefty Logie. There we go. He's a spitter. Because <laughs> he... Uh, He's pretty simple with with his tweet here. He just wants to know how is this game so fantastic. So, Jono, do you want to uh, jump in the captain's chair here and and lead this uh, this discussion? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we we went pretty deep at the start about the things that the game does right. I think it's mm. the combination of uh, variety of combat, interesting characters that feel real and each feel different. Like, there's no really confusing any of the characters in this game. I think and just an amazing setting and a story that doesn't let it down i think it's satisfying mm. and there's tension and i think all of that makes for a great formula pretty much no i agree any anything you want to add to that benny or are you sort of pretty much nodding along like me with yeah Machana? i'm nodding along I, I think we covered a lot of it at the start just saying why we enjoyed the game so much and i it literally is and i, I said it at the start as well um it's it's a real palate cleanser of a game it feels refreshing it feels like it, it, it's it's weird that sometimes we get these new ips and they they feel very samey to a lot of other games but this ip i don't know there's something about this ip that just feels very new and refreshing to it like we haven't had this style of world to explore for mm. I, don't, I i can't think of anything similar to it it, it just very very refreshing that's what this game felt like to me a real breath of fresh air and um Fresh yeah, wind. and I like like I mentioned, like coming off something like um, Last of Us for you guys, it must have been a real change of pace. And I I think that being so different to what Last of Us was, I think that probably helps it stand apart too. It might not have been the best release time for it, but I mm. think it helps it stand apart and be its own real game and breathe. Yeah, I I agree, and like we we have had a bit of samurai flavor thrown out over the last few years but it was a different style of yeah. game like your, your neo and your sakero yeah exactly sim- similar concepts but obviously the difficulty level and the game itself completely different universe compared to compared to ghost of Tsushima. so mm. it can really stand alone uh, i really enjoyed my time with it i you know, from the presentation like the graphics the the um the voice work the soundtrack mm the in-game combat just the fluidity of being able to sort of roll around transition from move to move chaining assassinations uh chaining standoffs all that kind of stuff it's just so cool and you feel so cool playing the game that's one thing i really yeah. loved about yeah. it like you get those perfect when you time like yeah, yeah you time a perfect parry and then just <laughs> cut a dude down in one strike or you know unlocking certain levels like i i played for about two hours with i can't remember what stance it in but it's the one where you do like the big power kick mm-hmm. so oh, i was trying stance. to find yeah in the wind stance and so i was trying to find battles like along cliff sides and stuff and i was just kicking dudes <laughs> off wherever i could just for shits and giggles like yeah. just booting them off the edge of cliffs and things just just for fun and that's what i liked about the game like there was a real true heartfelt emotional story but behind that there was just a ton of dumb fun that you could have with yeah. it and just jump cutting yeah. dudes down jumping off your horse oh yeah jumping off your horse oh yeah the number of times i hit triangle to mount my horse courtesy of red dead thanks red dead uh i actually hit him with a sword whoops sorry (laughs) and and just little things like you you mentioned right at the jump like right from the jump of the pod benny like being able to just grab 
uh, bamboo and things yep. as you're riding. You don't have to hop off the horse, grab it and everything. You can do it all in the one motion. Just little smart decisions that that Sucker Punch did in that regard. Mm. I was all about. And then getting the ghost stance later in the game and just cutting dudes up left, right and center. That was awesome because mm. I, I was bitching about that partway through the game. I'm like, how can this game be so grounded in realism and samurai style and cut people up and no appendages go anywhere and then yeah. ghost stance comes along. You're cutting dudes' heads off. You're cutting dudes' arms off. You're you know, sending terror through armies. Like yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you got I actually, I because um, in our Discord channel... Uh, check out the 8-bit Discord while you're there. Uh, we, uh, you guys were talking about like um, dismemberments and things like that, and I was like, oh yeah, I hadn't unlocked the ghost mode or anything yet, and I knocked a guy's arm off with moon stance, and I was like, oh shit, I chopped that dude's arm off. And then I unlocked the ghost stance when I slaughtered the general, and I was like, oh shit, fuck yeah, let's go, oh, yeah. let's go kill some dudes, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah you just turn they're Terminator pretty, mode on. They're, they're pretty reserved with the violence, as, as much mm. as it's a super violent game, it, it doesn't have the kill shots and the gruesome nature that you probably would expect from something like this. But I think that's when it does have those gruesome acts and mm. things like Stands when out. You, you go into ghost stance and like Tarka's death and all the things that Koten does... Um, and even the beheadings. poisoning of the Mongols when you yeah. poison all the Mongols at the end of Act 2 um, that makes the, the impact of those far greater. Steer clear of the goat's milk, eh? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's, so- there's something I wanted to shout out as well before we move into the, the nitpicks. There's a, a something about this game, like it wouldn't exist without Assassin's Creed, I think we could say. Oh yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And there's something about it that's almost like the logical extension of where the older Assassin's Creed games were going, but they went in a different direction. And doing the shrines that are littered around the map reminded me of some of the waypoints you used to have to climb in older Assassin's Creed games that really took a lot of thought about how am I going to climb to the next the, area? The platforming and stuff like they did, exactly. especially with the um, yeah the big temple shrine. Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. what I'm talking about. And like yeah. now in Assassin's Creed, for starters, they're setting them in locations that don't have tall buildings. Like... Mm. Um, Egypt, apart from the pyramids, and uh, in uh, Greece, there's they just don't make tall buildings. For yeah, just climbing big old statues. I think that's why I, I loved Assassin's Creed Two so much. Is yeah. just all the buildings in like France, uh, Italy, and stuff. Yeah, like exactly. That, like, and the yeah. tombs that they had for the platforming stuff, and that and that's why I love the platforming in this game so much because mm. it actually reminded me a lot of the tombs from Assassin's Creed. That's right. And you had to think about okay, where am I going to go? Can yeah. I go that way? I have to time it properly. Whereas now you just hold a button in <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey in and you just go, <laughs> and there's no fall damage, so you can jump yeah. off a cliff and land on your feet. I, I guess that sort of probably weaves into a, a bit of a nitpicky gripe for me too. Is that traversal really? really pissed me off at times where i'm trying to yeah. uh whether it be yeah climbing up a big cliffside and you're going up the little you know ready brown little footholds and instead of him just naturally transition like Jin going from jump to jump it's like he grabs and you gotta okay hold up okay i'm on the right angle and it sometimes take a little yeah. bit longer than i expected to register for him to move I, so the fluidity was very selective well, where I kept pressing X to do it. Yeah, me and too. And I think that's just muscle memory from playing every other game. When you're doing that climbing thing, you have to do that little jump from ledge to ledge. You're always pressing an X or whatever button happens to be on whatever controller you're using. So you, yeah. that muscle memory for me, just breaking that muscle memory to just like push the stick in the right direction. 
and, and climbing ladders that were like my auto, mortal <laughs> oh. enemy sometimes like i'd stand right near it and i'm pushing up against it going okay mm. climb the ladder and jin's mm -hmm. like i don't know dude so then you'd sort of jump and because you jumped at an angle you jump past the ladder <laughs> yeah you're gonna go back around then you're trying to like turn a boat it feels like to get tied on the ladder again i'm like yeah. what are you doing to me game and you go to jump on like the ropes that go between the buildings and things like to the tight ropes and like yeah, he you jump so on high and, running. and you land on it so much that you're swinging. It's like, how the fuck do people below me not notice? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's why I wish they did the hold X to sort of enter, you know, ghost mode almost. And you can just, yeah, you know, just yeah, like yeah, enter stealth mode. Like, uh, mode. I think Batman does it pretty well where you hold down the trigger to make sure you're stealthing. Yeah, so that were my biggest issues was um, just the sort of moment to moment movement in when you're trying to stealth, when you're trying to climb, mm -hmm. that felt really disjointed to me and it, it frustrated me a lot. Uh, didn't have any issues with combat and using abilities and items and stuff. I thought that was all mapped really well, excuse me, really well to the controller. I had some issues with the with that actually. Like I, I, I felt that changing weapons sometimes was really clumsy. So, you know, you, you hold down your R2 to change your ghost weapon and everything slows down and that's awesome because that's what you want in the middle of battle but if you want to switch from your short bow to your long bow or from that to a, like a, a bomb that you throw there's no slowing down you have to hold yeah. l2 and tap l2, like the d-pad d-pad up or yeah, yeah and in I, combat i just mm. found myself getting flustered and not being able to do it in a, in a seamless way I had one little issue with that, and I think it's just a reflection on the PS4 controllers just because the triggers are still digital. Um, thankfully, we're getting the analog in, uh, triggers with uh, PS5. Yeah. My fingers might have sometimes been a little bit quicker than another finger or something like that, so taking my finger off the trigger... So, like, say I'm holding down R2 to switch Swords Dance, I'm too slow taking my finger off the trigger, and I've hit... So instead of going to moon, uh, wind stance or water stance, whatever it is, I've gone back to wind stance because I'm straight away hitting the triangle mm -hmm. yeah. to go, to throw a heavy strike on yeah. whatever enemy I'm trying to hit. So I found I was doing that quite a lot. Uh, and same when switching uh, like between bows, all of a sudden I'm using my explosive arrow or my fire arrow instead of a normal arrow. Like, oh, yeah. shit, I didn't mean to select those. Yeah, I, I found I was using... a a Nacon pro controller. So it's got the, it's got four buttons mapped on the back that you can allocate to whatever you want oh. as well. So I didn't have to find myself jumping off the, off the sticks or off the triggers. I'd just be able to use my, my pinky, and my ring fingers to sort of do the X, mm. X or circle rolls or whatever it is at the same time. So it fancy made it a little bit more fluid and easier to mm. jump in and out of stuff. But I understand what you're saying. When I was playing with the normal PlayStation controller, it was a little bit antiquated feeling at times. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I think that's just a, a nitpick more on the actual controller and my not-so-dexterous fingers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rather than well, the actual game itself. And that's, yeah, I think that's just a yeah. letdown of the hardware that I was using. The PlayStation 4 controller is the worst out of the big three. Yeah, that's that's pretty much true. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm keen to see what the DualSense brings. Um, yeah and any other problems like i know one of the biggest criticisms this game's copped is the lack of a, a lock-on feature nah, when you are in combat didn't need it i didn't find yeah. that an issue either i liked that i could roll in and out slice over to this person charge over to that person and just be as fluid and, and you know, fast yeah. and frenetic as i wanted i never I, I used think if you're used to yeah i mean depends on the game and how the combat flows 
So, like, I think if you're used to this, the way this style of game works, like, you don't need a lock-on system for, I'm guessing for, like, the kunai or even the sword combat. I didn't feel like I needed it. I knew exactly where mm-hmm. I was swinging mm-hmm. the sword. I'd push the stick towards where I wanted to swing it and it'd swing in that direction. Yeah, um, the, the the weapon control seemed pretty it's pretty tight, very especially tight, with the kunais. Fluid. As long so, as you're facing towards the enemies, yeah, you're popping that R1 button, those kunais are going and they're hitting many a person yeah <laughs> and then you're just going in there swinging swinging like a madman it's like or a traditional samurai if you're that if you're that way inclined but yeah uh did, did you find like i guess we sort of covered it off like overall there was a lot of uh ancillary weaponry like mm. they were smart with using the the sword and then the stance is almost to give you different weapons in a way in that regard like the, yeah the, the sword stances replaced the need for maybe four different types of swords yeah. or a glaive or a staff or whatever it might be. So I think it was really smart how they handled that. But there has been some some feedback and even we've confirmed it and talked about it tonight. Like we didn't, like not many of us were using the firecrackers no. or the sticky bombs and stuff like that. Like I had my my usual bag of tricks. I'd have my smoke bombs, I'd have my kunai, and then I'd have my sword. That was pretty much all I was using on rotation for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of the, the problem is that you get used to the way you play and then like towards the end of the game, you get this sword that you can set on fire. And at, oh, at, yeah, so at, at first, I'm like, that's dope, like setting your sword on fire. But because it's mapped to the R1 button, which is taking the place of your kunai or your smoke bombs, I just naturally didn't go to it too often so mm. it gets kind of lost and uh, it's hard to say that it's an issue with the game i mean you could get into a deep philosophical there's, <laughs> breakdown there's a couple of ways to look at it is one okay at what point does options become too many yeah and hey we've got all these options so you can go do these things any way you want to do it that's if right if you don't yeah. want to do it that way that's fine you can do the option you like but yeah, got the full, full disclosure, I didn't even do the quest to unlock the flaming sword. Mm. I, I didn't have that at all in my playthrough. No. I, I thought I, it looked cool, but I'm like, I couldn't be asked going to I do this. I think I unlocked the, the start of that quest after I finished Act 3. Yeah, when it's I'm just at the top of the mountain. Uh, Jukoku or whatever it's called. Yeah, so I don't even have no flame swords. <sighs> You're lost. Mate, I, I still had a belter <laughs> of a time. Oh, I'm still going to go back and like go through it. Like you've platinumed it. I haven't platinumed it yet. I've still got to go back and finish a whole heap of stuff. I'm going to have a ball yeah. of a time. It's a pretty it easy platinum. But there, I have a few other gripes that I want to throw out there. They're all nitpicks because I love the game, obviously. But like I mentioned how much I love the environmental stuff, like the birds leading you to things. I found it frustrating that the birds would still appear when I'd already discovered a location. And I'd see the bird. Yeah, those, those yellow birds frustrated me to no end yeah. with that. Like I'd, yeah. I'm like, what are you showing me now? I know everything in this area. <laughs> yeah. Just bugger off. I'm like, oh, where are you taking me? Is there like an item or something? And then you get there and it's a shrine or something. And I'm like, I've already been here, bird. What are you trying to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stupid bird. I didn't really have that issue because I pretty much had my wind virtually pointed to somewhere, like a location that I wanted to go to all the time. And then mm. I just didn't pay too much attention to the bird as I was finding stuff in the environment. But when I was, had it, the wind pointed to a location that a bird would take me to. That's when I noticed the bird flying alongside my horse as I was already riding there. So I didn't really pay much attention to that. Yeah. It was good for a few things. Like it, it will take you to like an altar or something and that, that kind of thing. The only other thing I had an issue with was the tracking. Like there's a lot of these tales where you have to follow footprints and yeah, that was tricky. There was one that was, happening at night time and i don't know if like the night was that 
Norio's when you had to go find uh, uh the abbot? That was the one I couldn't see. Possibly. Like there's I I, I was gonna say I don't know about the day night cycle whether it's like fixed and certain quests happen only at night or if it's just the, when you start the mission. But I was looking trying to follow these footprints in the dark and I literally couldn't see them and I was like, okay, I, I yeah. probably have to turn up the brightness on my screen past no, the, the you know level. what I did to work around it? What's that? I opened photo mode, went to the exposure settings, <laughs> yeah. and adjusted the exposure to maximum. Like, there they are. They go that way. Oh, that's smart. I should <laughs> yeah. have done that. I actually yeah. thought of that a couple of times where there was like heaps of fog, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's something out there. So I would go to photo mode and go to clear day weather yeah. and say, oh, yeah, the, the, there's the lighthouse over there in, in the distance. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. A little Game the system. Cheating, but yeah. <laughs> They give but you the tools to do it's it. It's the kind of thing where, like, in The Witcher, you know, you'd put on your Witcher senses and then there's a, a yeah. bit of glow around it. And I know that's not what they're going for in this game. It's a realistic But at the thing. same time, when you do click the click the bloody main interactive button, whatever they call that, the big face button on the PlayStation okay. controller. Yeah. yeah. That's the word. You could it'd highlight enemies, so why wouldn't it highlight footprints? I thought that was probably a bit yeah, of a missed stop where it could go well, into not stealth. even just footprints. Like sometimes you have to like search an area for evidence. And you have no clue what the hell you're looking for. Mm. It's mm. like you come to one of the camps for uh, Sensei's quests, and like he goes, "Oh, see if you could find anything that might help us locate it." And you're just walking around for like ten minutes. Like I don't know what the hell I'm looking for. Yeah, there was and the- then all of a sudden he goes, "Oh, what's this over here?" Oh, there's something over there. Or the icon will just pop up after. I I found it good that like an icon would pop up after a certain amount of time. I found it annoying that I had to wait that certain amount of time for it to pop up because I just had no clue what the hell I was looking for. Yeah, clearing Mongol camp sometimes was a pain in the ass like that, trying to find the last banner or the last enemy and it just wouldn't pop up for ages. You just run around like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, I actually cleared everything out of a camp once and the only thing that was missing was the banner. And it actually rotate like so that the people had moved back into the village and like the mission had ended, but to actually finish the camp, I had still had to go find this freaking banner. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, because it was like the glitch. one for it was part of the Yuriko's quest where you have to go get the reed and everything. So I'm clearing out that oh, town yeah. that she's yeah. pointed you towards, and I've cleared out like I've killed the general and all the so all the Mongols are gone, and then all the Japanese have come back in, and you know the town's back to normal. But I'm still trying to find this freaking banner. Yeah, that was a bit of a pain. Yeah, I guess putting putting a bow on the game itself. What would you guys give it? The old cliche out of ten. Mm. For me, it's probably a nine. I really liked it. It's not perfect, mm. and everything that we've complained about is like such a, for the most part, such a small thing that in most a, of the time it's insignificant. Yeah, in like a thirty to fifty hour experience, you know, the one mission where I couldn't see the footprints. I'm not going to remember that, really. Yeah. What about you, Benny? What are you, what are you I, I scoring? I kind of agree. I'd, I'd probably maybe even lead more towards a 9.5 just because I had such a fun oh, time damn. with it. Um, my only, my biggest gripe was actually I ended up rushing towards the end of the game because I wanted to record <laughs> this with you guys because uh, I was just having such a fantastic time just yeah. running around and exploring and things like that and because work gets in the way as well sometimes. Um, don't get enough chances to explore these worlds as, as much as I'd like to. So that's probably it, like... The good in this game far outweighs the bad. In no way is this game perfect or anything like that. It's you know it's definitely got its issues, but that being said, it's just such a pleasure to play because uh, when mm. it does things right, it does them really well. Hundred mm. percent. I'm I'm about I'm probably confident that it's a solid eight and a half for me. That's where I'd sort of plant my 
Plant My Banner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's perfect, as you guys said, but the overall sum of its parts was really fun and it made me feel stuff in the story. I was really enjoying the combat. I really enjoyed the concept. It's a fantastic new IP. Mm-hmm. And that probably leads us to the very last question of the podcast. And is there going to be a sequel? Do you believe there should be? What's your feelings on it? Jono, are you are you happy with it being finished off one and done? Or do you want more hmm. gin and his merry band of misfits? Where are you at? I mean, it comes down to, does it make sense to do more? What would they do differently? And I could see them moving to another island or like maybe he has to get away from Tsushima because he's an outlaw or something. So I think it's possible. Uh, you wouldn't want to see it just go back to the well unnecessarily, uh, mm. which kind of I tend to think that it would be just bringing him back to do the same thing again. Like it's it's a really complete cycle, this story. And I guess it ends with him as an outlaw and that makes it a bit different. Like maybe you got a bit more of a target on you in the next game if they decide to bring back for more. But yeah, I mean, I trust Sucker Punch completely in a, in a similar way to like The Last of Us. I didn't think we needed a sequel to that, but the sequel was fantastic because of the developers behind it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever they do next regardless. Yeah. What about you, Benny? Are you are you happy with the experience you got or would you be open to more in Ghost of Tsushima Part 2? Yeah, see, I don't know story-wise where they could go. It's pretty much the same as what Jono was saying. It's just, to me, I'm like, oh, where would you take the story next if you were to make a sequel? Like, I, I, I can't imagine that. It's like, well, the Mongol invasion's over. We've, you know, defeated Kotal Khan. Um, I mean, I don't know enough about my Japanese history to say, hey, is there <laughs> something else that Jin yeah. could fight? Or would they go to being a new character? So, okay, Ghost of Tsushima is a one-and-done story. That's a complete, sold story, finished. Here's another samurai tale. Ghost um, of blank. Ghost, I don't know yeah. if it's Ghost of or whatever it is. Spirit but, of Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, but like there could be something else that they could do. Um, yeah. you know, that That's probably where I'd think it would be, is like some other samurai tale somewhere else in Japan conspiracy theorist hats ghostwire tokyo is the unofficial sequel already and they've already <laughs> implanted it and that is the sequel to ghost of shima no but in all honesty i could see him going to the mainland and mm. him maybe something to do with the shogun like where it's going to go to to the big big you know japanese overlord and you're just going to be on the run like maybe it does sort of lean more into that assassin's creed style where you are on the run mm. constantly trying to yeah. avoid your, your pursuers as opposed to trying to um reclaim your land you're just trying to survive and maybe maybe reclaim your name yeah i don't yeah. know i think Jin's just so against killing his own people that if he's going up against the samurai and the shogun it just doesn't fit with his narrative yeah That's ultimately me. though if they do do a sequel they'll have to decide for you what the outcome of this game was like exactly. they'll they'll have a like a fork in the road where they go okay for ghost of Tsushima part two you did kill lord shimura at the end of number one and this is the this is the flow on mm. effect so maybe that's mm. what they do you've killed him so now you are almost outside of the mongols the most wanted person <laughs> you know in japan so yeah everyone's on you and you maybe you're trying to trying to sort of avoid that and and clear your name and Bring, yeah, or, bring hey, more maybe honor to your, Ghost of to your Tsushima family. Part 2 or um, whatever they end up calling it could be set 
a hundred years in the future from this game or something like that. And then the ghost armor is one of the mythic armor sets that you can collect. Mm. Yeah. On the on the or topic the of, of Lord Shimura, Brendan, there's something about his death that I didn't mention before. And it was the fact that you had that choice, apart from that one random side mission you mentioned, it's the only time that there's a dialogue or a choice option in the game. Oh, there's, there's dialogue options as you're riding your horse, but it's the only time you really had a choice in the consequences. And it, it kind of stood out to me. It was unexpected. Like, oh, we actually get to decide something here. So I wonder if, if there was a sequel and they have to make it somewhat different, whether they incorporate a bit more of an honor system. Maybe there's more consequences for your actions in the world, you know, you can... Nemesis system. Yeah, whether it's a nemesis system <laughs> or maybe like more of like a Bioshock thing where you can like save people or or, mm. or kill them. them. Yeah, harvest <laughs> their organs. Um, you know, just, just something where you have a choice as you approach an outpost of the way that you want to do it and that, that starts to shape the world around you. I guess bringing something like that in would give it a bit more reason to exist as a sequel um but yeah we'll see i'm curious like i wouldn't be opposed to to more ghost and mm. like as as we've mentioned and referenced a lot in this pod the last of us we thought that was a singular experience one and done but they've managed to get so much more out of that world with part two so i think with the talent there is in writing staffs a lot of these game development companies nowadays they would be able to conjure up a story that would justify a sequel and i'd say ultimately money talks and the fact that this thing is mm. moving units like there's no one's business i'd say they're already talking you know to sucker punch what have you got where can you take this story the world is hungry for this game we want more of it what can you bring to the table so we also want i'd say they're probably already <laughs> massaging ideas was that a, a lot of people oh, probably maybe. want another infamous game because the only real one we got on this generation was Second Son that was a bit more of a letdown. <laughs> yeah, I the liked it, that, but I, I, you know. I enjoyed my time with it, but the combat in it sucked. Brendan, are you going to go back to Ghost of Tsushima? If I got nothing else to do, I'd say. But I'm I'm happy. Like if I never played it again until the inevitable number two that we're talking about here. I'd be content with what okay. I got out of it. So, so I've, I've made peace. Version? Yeah. Oh, no. no. I, I'm not big on that. Like, I'm not all about, oh, I'm going to play it again because there's, you know, enhancements. I'm like, I've had my experience. I've, I've played that story. I've made my decisions. I'm moving on to the next thing. On that, though, because you've left so much of the game uncovered and tales unfinished, if there is like a upgrade on PS5, you know, you download a patch or whatever it is and you get the better version you've at least got some stuff there to, to try out to see what that's like yeah maybe it doesn't really incentivize <laughs> me too much like i felt like i got a pretty good experience on the pro played beautifully on the pro like it was one yeah. of the noisiest games we've ever played on the pro <laughs> don't get me wrong but it was gorgeous but yeah i'm happy like the 25 odd hours or whatever i got out of it you know that was that was good i'm, I'm happy to move forward and, and wait for the next big experience but yeah listeners this has been our spoiler cast episode of Ghost of Tsushima. Obviously, 83 on Metacritic, 90 on Jono Critic, 95 on Benny Critic, and 85 on Brendan Critic. What did you score? What were your feelings? Hit us up on the socials at We Are 8 Bit, or if you want to hit up Benny at the Spawny 13, Jono at Jono himself, or myself at Brendan 8 Bit. Let's keep this dialogue going on the socials or on Discord. 
Let us know your loves, your hates, and everything else in between on the Ghost of Shima. Share us your photo mode shots. Oh yeah. Foxes. Let me just live through. <laughs> let me live through your your photographic abilities because I can't do it. Because I know if I went down that path with yeah photo mode i'd be lost i'd be in there for days <laughs> like i'd come out like what year is it like robin williams style in jumanji yeah like that'd be me after photo mode especially with covid right now so yeah this has been spoiler cast ghost of shima episode thanks everyone for stopping on by but until next time ap nation much love stay, stay hungry, hungry.